Poseidon, the ruler of the seas and all that dwell within them. His rule over the oceans is unquestioned. There are those who serve him with tridents and with infinite knowledge of all things submarine. They are known by many names. Coners. Weaponeers. The Merry Men of Sherwood Forest. But by Poseidon himself, they are called... The Subvets. Welcome back. It's me, Dave, along with Eric, and we are the Subbets. Glad to glad to be back with you for week number two. I guess who who would have thought, Eric? Who would have thought it's after ex- all of that? It's exciting. We, 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 it's like ivy on the walls, man. A second week. Yeah, oh, a second week to survive to, to live another day. Well, we had. I think we had uh, some listeners last last podcast about four. Yeah, right? at least. And at least one guy whose favorite movie on patrol was Grease. Which I <laughs> have no right. problem believing whatsoever that his favorite movie was Grease. <laughs> None at all. Oh, a musical. I bet that went over real well. Yeah, I'm sure it was his favorite musical. <laughs> his favorite flu his favorite movie on patrol. Yeah. I'm just right. betting that if we were to talk to some of his shipmates, um maybe yeah, that one. Yeah. Can we play Grease? How about no? That 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 movie went out the TDU. God, that movie is week. so bad. When you, when we tried to watch it last time. You know, you know, my mom was really into musicals when I was growing up, but I just I just can't do them. I'm and, my, and, and I'm a musician too, but I just can't do the musicals. My parents love musicals. My parents are musicians. I'm a musician, but man, I just no, can't do it. And my wife loves the movie Grease. And in our 13 oh. years of marriage, she forced me to watch it one time. And Did I, you make it all the way through? I made it all the way through, and I made her promise that she would never, ever do that again. Because that movie... <laughs> How's that worked it? That How's that movie, worked it out for you? <laughs> so far, so good. That movie was... Uh, I, I can think of a lot of words that I could use for it, but this being a family-friendly show, I'm not going to use those words, but that yeah, movie... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because then we'll have excessive, excessive beep, beep, That beep. movie was bad. <laughs> bad. So I have no problem believing whatsoever that a fast attack guy wants that as his favorite boat flick. So I'm glad to see you're okay. So. Yeah, it's been an interesting week. I ended up in the ER. Didn't want to go to the ER, but I have a wife that's a medical professional. She's a nurse, and she made it clear that I was going to the ER, so I did. And uh, yeah, me and you are riding on the same train, apparently. Well, you know, you know what they say. <laughs> probably nothing wrong is the leading cause of medical care in this country right now, because you go to the ER and they're going to test for everything. So I was having back spasms. I ended up getting a CT scan, 
tests for blood tests for gallbladder uh-huh. issues, kidney stone issues, and kidney infections. And they said well, they that, really worked. They really oh, yeah. worked you up. They said uh, your your kidneys are quote inflamed unquote, which would be a great band name. The inflamed kidneys would be fantastic. <laughs> But that sounds sounds like some uh, some of those punk rock bands from exactly. late seventies, early yeah, yeah dead milkman, perfect man. Yeah. But <laughs> in the end, they decided that what was really wrong with me was I was dehydrated and I had back spasms, which I already knew. But you know, now but we you needed thousands of dollars worth of tests to confirm that. That's correct. But now and it's made your wife happy. It's, that's yeah. happy wife, happy life. You know the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ERs can be funny. They they usually do well. Like what you you had done, which I've had done myself, or sometimes they're trying to kick you out as fast as you you came in. I guess it just depends on staffing or what's going on, how many people they got in there. But uh, I know you never say anything is wrong with your heart. Never say you got chest pain. You'll be there for a week. <laughs> I uh, I uh, I caught them on a good night, so it went well. I mean, we were only there for three hours, so and and that involved oh. and that included the CT scan. So they they gave me a sandwich and some food and no, they didn't give me a sandwich. They didn't give me food. They wouldn't give me anything to drink. No beer, nothing. I was dying. I was uh, thirsty, man. I kept well, telling them I'm dehydrated, but they wouldn't give me. All they would give me was an IV. Then you couldn't have been dehydrated. They didn't give me no beer. I don't get it. <laughs> it of course, was, when uh, you're dehydrated from drinking beer, you just. Drink more beer. <laughs> what you end up doing, man. Boy, that opens up some tales of hospital corpsmen on subs, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I dislocated my shoulder one time. I mean, physically, dis- I mean, it was it was badly dislocated. And, and our corpsman was like, huh, bet that hurts. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> like, Are you going to do anything about it? He's like, mm, no. No, he can't help it'll, you. It'll pop back in eventually. And he was right. It did, but man. It did, but that felt good too, huh? No, it did not. It did not. Oh, my God, Corman. Hey, you ever do that? You ever ask the Corman in basic training? You know, does that hurt when they when they give you the shots? Do you ever ask, does that, does that, does that feel weird to you? And then they look at you and go, I don't feel a thing. Jam. Yeah, I've had that happen. <laughs> Or you getting the dual shots in a way on walking down the line with the pneumatics, yeah. Good times, good times. Do they man. still do that? Does anybody know? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, they're probably using Star Trek tricorders and stuff now, and they just well, they they even had the the injection sound on Star Trek. You're a Trekkie. That's true. I am. Yeah, you can do the digital medical officer person I'm, i mean well, i'm not really into despite my the fact that i have a spock mug dr mccoy is my favorite character so that is a nice mug you got there i did not know that yep spock on one side Outstone. live long and prosper live long and prosper outstanding it's a hanukkah <laughs> gift from somebody i don't remember who gave it to me but oh sorry. yeah happy hanukkah yeah, well, it's, thanks. it's, no, a, it's always a it's the first week of December, yeah. So, well, for some of us that don't observe the holiday, it might be easy to miss. But all you pagans and your tree festivals. Should, that's right. <laughs> well, I mean, my Christmas tree. Got to be careful there. That might offend some fast attack guy who likes grease. So, 
uh, well, you know, South Park said that the Mormons were the correct religion anyway. So yeah, I don't think did. that's what they said. <laughs> that would be the Mormons. I remember that <laughs> quote, just like that when they, when everybody was in hell and what about me? <laughs> I was, I was a faithful preacher. I was a Methodist. <laughs> well, I grew up a Methodist, so I guess that counts, right? <laughs> Who else can I offend today? That's kind of the way I look yeah, at no it. Kidding. Well, it was 80 years ago this week, Eric. You probably don't remember. Because you weren't there. Yeah, I was not there. I bet we're going to talk about the Pearl Harbor attack. 80 years ago this week. Pearl Harbor was attacked by the Imperial Japanese. I'm always kind of hesitant to say I'm not a politically correct kind of guy, as you can probably tell by my shirt. I couldn't couldn't tell. Oh, man, you always got the cool stuff. Personnel reliability program. That's outstanding. So, but but at the same time, I like to differentiate between Japan of today and Japan of the war, and it was an imperial nation, so I call them Imperial Japan, much like I call them Imperial Germany, Nazi Uh Germany, Democratic Republic, People's Democratic Republic of Germany, and now just Germany. But it was 80 years ago this week that uh, on December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, along with uh, Malaysia, the Philippines, and a few other places around the world, around the yeah, Western Pacific. They started Pacific. to be a wrecking ball in the South Pacific. They did. And much has been made of the the attack on Pearl Harbor and the damage that it done. Um, I'm a native Oklahoman. So for me, there's always the Oklahoma memorials this week uh, where we, you know, the 429 men lost from USS Oklahoma. And the, right. the, I've been following for probably two or three years now this fascinating story where they had several hundred of these guys from the Oklahoma that they couldn't identify back in the forties when they, when they raised it. And so they just buried them in a mass grave two or three years ago, they disinterred them and they've been doing the DNA testing. And I think they identified all but 21 of them and they had the reinternment of those 21 this week, but it's just been fascinating to watch these men who've who've been identified and finally being sent back to their families uh, that's always very emotional and, and of course i have a you know an emotional connection to the uss oklahoma which i am proud to say the submarine fleet is finally uh, going to name another submarine oklahoma i was getting ready to say that because you know a lot of the a lot of the states have been named after submarines so that'll be one of the virginia block submarines well they've they've kind of stayed Two away blocks. from uh, from the three that were lost at Pearl Harbor, the three ships that were permanently lost, Utah, Oklahoma, right. and, and Arizona. But I think it was last year, around this time, that uh, SECNAV announced Oklahoma and Arizona will be used again, and Utah already has been used again. So uh, there will be uh, an Air- USS Arizona and a USS Oklahoma once again commissioned into the fleet, which is cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And plus, you know, you had that one boat recently named after one of the old World War II. Well, there was a was there a few boats named after the they're, old. They're naming uh, they they named one World War Two boats Wahoo and one Tang, I believe. Yeah, Wahoo one and tang. tang. So that and that's yeah, yeah, that's great too. I mean, that's that's uh, kind I have of a feeling we're going to get into that anyway. 
<laughs> well, you know, they quit naming them after fish and some previous submarines because, as Admiral Rickover said, fish don't vote. When he was trying to win votes for all these nuclear sub, sorry, nuclear submarines in in Congress, the right. uh, you know he needed states to vote for, he needed cities to vote for, he needed support from Congress, and so, hey, we're going to name this submarine after your home city or this your state or whatever. Right, goes over a lot. You know, that's a lot easier to argue with a congressperson than hey, we're going to name it mm-hmm. after some species of whale somewhere. Right. Well, why do you think that went that way in the first place? Was it big? because you know uh, that was a period of time where submarines weren't really respected as a instrument of war. You know, the battleships were still the pride of the fleet. The thinking was different. Probably not a lot of money being invested into the submarine fleet that time. Yeah, they named them after undersea critters because they were undersea boats. Right, and it sort of fit. I mean, the the Navy long had a naming criteria that well into the 70s they maintained uh, destroyers are named after naval officers or marine officers um, battleships were named after states cruisers were named after cities aircraft carriers were named after famous navy vessels or battles until dun, 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 the jfk and then the nimitz and then right. they started naming them after the politicians carriers. Right. They started naming them after politicians, which to this day ticks me off. I, I, I don't – you can take my politics or don't. I don't really care. But naming All ships right. after people that are – naming – that are politicians just bugs me. Right. Well, yeah, I mean you can name them after a president. I mean because – I mean there was a lot of – there's a few 41 freedom boats that were presidents. But I think there should be a rule like a number of years you should be dead. Right. You know, yeah. Quit naming them after they, living people. Yeah. Yeah. They're still alive and they're, they're named like, well, one submarine, too. Uh, Jimmy Carter, well known submariner. The Scoop Jackson. I don't think they named that one. That, they didn't change that name until after he died, though, right? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I was there then when they were doing it. it, 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 it she was originally the Rhode Island, I think. And they changed the name yeah. to Scoop Jackson, Henry M. Jackson. I think, yeah, I think he, I think he passed away because I, I got a, I got a friend who was telling me how that happened. Yeah, I know he died, and that's probably why they changed the name. And that's that was the reason why they did change the name because he was our senator from up here in Washington, which is where Banger was. Yes, right. I mean it still is; it hasn't moved, and <laughs> at least as far as I know, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, has it moved yet? No. You sure? You probably didn't need to think about moving, but no. Yeah, they I picked the whole it. thing up, moved it to Kingsbury. I did see where they're going to build an intermediate <laughs> facility now on Guam, a maintenance facility on Guam. I think they announced really? that today. Interesting. After the Connecticut's entry, and you know, after the whole thing with Connecticut, now they've decided, and with the whole thing hmm. with China, now they've decided we need an intermediate maintenance facility on Guam. That I've been working. I've been working. Work, I mean, is it confirmed that we roughly knew where they crashed into a mountain? I haven't seen that it's been confirmed. I think there's a lot of estimates. I just, I see, you know, a few months ago, there was a lot of hatred for Russia. And I don't want to throw out a conspiracy that Jimmy Carter might have been sp- spying on Russians, but they might have been spying on Russians. But all of a sudden, now there's this big campaign to hate China right now. We're pulled out of the Olympics and just all kinds of hate the communist. 
we got a we got a diplomatic boycott of the the Olympics. You know what that means? No. None of our <laughs> none of our diplomats are going to the Olympics. Oh, so that doesn't mean our really? Well, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Well, the, yeah, the UK pulled out, Australia pulled out. That doesn't mean anything. It's no, not doesn't mean a thing. Who cares? And Man. now we hate the Russians again because of Ukraine. So right. who knows what what week is. Anyway, back to Pearl Harbor, because that's what <laughs> we were talking about. We got sidetracked. <laughs> In the attack on Pearl Harbor, I don't know if you knew this or not, there were 29 Japanese airplanes that were shot down during that attack. That's all they got. Consider it's a surprise attack and... 29 out of 350 doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And in fact, by later in the war, it wouldn't be. But on day one, but did you know that 14% of that, four out of that 29 were shot down by the four United States Navy submarines stationed in Pearl Harbor? I did not know And actually, they were shot down by three of them because one was completely disarmed. The Kakalot was in dry dock or something. uh, But Narwell was there. She shot down two planes. Dolphin uh-huh. was there. She shot down one. And Tautog was there. She shot down one. Uh, and the one that she shot down almost hit the Kakalot. Import. And oh, almost, almost hit that one anyway. But, I got it. I got it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. You got it. <laughs> These four submarines are interesting because they were the only four boats in Pearl Harbor that day. And... They were some of the first to respond. I mean, they were they were ahead of the battleships when it came to firing back. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of our proud tradition as submarines is, you know, they were ready. They were ready to rock and roll very quickly. They would go on in the war. Two of the boats, the Dolphin and the Kakalot, would make a couple of patrols each. And then they would, because they were outdated, they would go on to become training boats. Right. Which is an important part of what, you know, goes on. You got to train submariners somehow, right? Yeah, well, of course. But uh, so neither one of them did a war patrol? No, they both did a couple of war patrols, from what I can tell. Um, That's what I, I thought. And then, I... and then they ended up as training boats. By by 43, they were both training boats. But, uh... And soon after the war, they were both decommissioned and sent on their way. Uh, Narwell and Taltog would actually go on to conduct major war patrols. Narwell would actually end up with 15 battle stars, which is tied for most battle stars earned by a United States Navy submarine. I did know that. She was uh she was in the thick of everything. And Tautog, Tautog would go on to become known as the Terrible T and she would lead the entire thing 26 ships sunk by USS Tautog. So, That's a lot of shooting. There's a lot to be said about the submarine fleet during the Pacific War. As you know, we did a majority of work, especially taking out the merchant fleet of the Japanese, which was very critical to uh, bring down a military because that's how they supply, you know, their forward operating troops. And well, it's how they supply their industry because Japan right, has no energy. natural resources or anything like that to speak of. Yeah. Yeah, because that's I think that's they did want to dominate uh, Australia at one time because of the resources too. The Dutch East, the Dutch East Indies with its oil and rubber. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the whole the whole idea behind all this. 
over the course of the war, United States Navy submarines, which were just absolutely ignored during the Pearl Harbor attack. It was like none of the planes even went after the submarines or the submarine support facilities, which they probably should have, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Over the course of the war, the United States submarines would sink 1,300 or so Japanese merchant ships. Right. I wonder if Jap- the, the Japanese Admiralty was in the same thinking as the rest of the world with, with submarines. Maybe they had the same mindset. Just not a critical but, but part You would of the think after two years of watching the Atlantic War with the U-boats, right. you'd think they right. would have seen that. But yeah. then again, our doctrine at the time was very conservative with submarines. They were scout vessels. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of... Um, Stay submerged during the day. Use your periscope to make your observations and, you know, be very cautious. And, of course, that went out the window very quickly in the early part yeah, of the war. Wasn't there tales about, uh, you know, ca- you know, captains from, I guess they would be like in between wars, World War One and World War Two, and they were just kind of on the old doctrine with that cautious, like you said, and that just wasn't getting it done. Way too cautious and way too stuck in doctrine. And when the United States went immediately to unrestricted submarine warfare, hey, you're going to attack us. We're going to go unrestricted. You know, it was uh, it was quickly turned into you be aggressive or else we're going to replace you with somebody who is. And that's what right. ended up happening. So 1,300 merchant ships, another 200 warships. Now, of those warships, 11 of them were cruisers, either light or heavy. One was a battleship. That's surprising that we only got one battleship is kind of surprising. But here's the part that's really amazing to me. Eight aircraft carriers were sunk by United States Navy submarines. See, that's that's hard to wrap your head around because thinking of the technology that we had back then, because it's somewhat difficult. To, well, I probably not so difficult to think of an aircraft carrier today, but you know that that would be quite the feat for considering the technology at the time, and knowing that you know, like 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 I learn everything through movies, Dave. That's how I learned my world history. You know, the torpedoes didn't work very well. No, they didn't. <laughs> right, <laughs> our torpedoes were crap. I don't, I don't know if you want to spend any time. The Mark fourteen torpedo had multiple problems. The first one it had was it ran too deep, so the depth settings wouldn't work, mm-hmm. which was a problem because they used a magnetic exploder, which also didn't work because the torpedoes were running too deep. So they would run under too far under the ship that they were targeting. Right. The magnetic explorer wouldn't. More well, when they finally figured out that it was running too deep and that the magnetic exploder didn't work, they all went to contact exploders, and then they found out the contact exploder didn't work either if – you hit 90 degrees on. You almost had to aim for a 45-degree angle because the firing pin – I'm not making this up, folks. You can read it yourself in Theodore Roscoe's Submarine Operations of World War II. The firing pin was too weak. And so if you hit it head-on, 90 degrees, like you're trained to do, right. it would crush the firing pin before it detonated. So you had to go for an angled shot to get the firing pin to not crush before it would detonate. That makes sense. I I didn't know that, actually. I mean, I knew they had trouble with it, but I didn't really get into particulars. But that makes sense now you described it. It took them until 1943, mid-1943, to get all of these problems ironed out. And the other problem with it was most of the admiralties, the, 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 the comm subs 
right. wouldn't believe the commanders when they'd come back and say, hey, and it took it took people like Mush Morton, who at one point fired, I think it was six or seven torpedoes at a sitting target, right? He'd fire one, it wouldn't detonate. He'd fire another one, wouldn't detonate. He, he, and he, it, it took that kind of thing to happen right. before somebody down in Fremantle, I think it was, went, hmm, maybe we have a problem here. And to get the Bureau right. of Ordnance to look at it and agree with it, it took Bureau forever. Navy, and, and there was just a lot of politics, too, with the Bureau of Naval Ordnance as well. They didn't want to admit that uh, they were making bad products or doing quality checks on products, I guess. Or design flaws. You know? Yeah. And, of course, nothing's changed there because I'm pretty sure NAVC can't wait to admit that they screwed something up, can they? Yeah, you say, hey, uh, before you go out, it was uh, well. Anyways, enjoy your patrol, fellas. <laughs> no unauthorized ship alts, <laughs> dude. We installed a bookshelf one time, a bookshelf one time, and got dinged. We got dinged for making an unauthorized ship alt. <laughs> During an inspection, they came down there. What's this? Don't you people have you know real jobs or anyway? They didn't have those problems back in those days. They did pretty much what they wanted to when it came to modifying things. And those boats, man, those boats, they did some dangerous, dangerous things. I, uh, yes, they did. We had a guy just passed away here from our sub-vets. He was our last World War II vet, mm-hmm. and he was on Rattan doing patrols. He did, uh, I think it was two, three, four, five. Patrols two, three, four, five, and six. I don't, re- I don't remember the numbers, but he was on the boat when later in the war, nineteen forty-four ish. They're running on the surface, and all of a sudden there are two muffled explosions. That's what the log says: muffled explosions forward. Nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew what happened. They couldn't figure out anything. They they had no idea. They get back to Pearl Harbor, they get put in dry dock, and there are two big dents in the forward side, starboard side of the ship. Can you imagine? Do you know what hit them? Do you know what actually hit them? Yeah, two, torpedo. Two Mark 14 torpedoes fired by USS Laypon oh. that had mistaken her for a Japanese submarine on the surface and no was prepared kidding. to fire two more. When they checked fire, because the captain of the Lapon, according to the log entry, quote, wasn't certain about the identification, unquote. But in the meantime, <laughs> I mean, you've already fired two, and it's like, you know, crap, what do we do? I guess that's unrestricted uh, submarine warfare right there. Yeah, but just think about this, man. They should not have survived. No, they shouldn't have. But because of the problems with the torpedoes, mm-hmm. maybe they just had two that were defective. I don't know. And this this is just the stories we we know that we know there's accounts, right? Can you imagine all the stuff we we don't, don't know, about, know, right? The boats right. that didn't come back, the fifty two boats that didn't come back that we don't know, uh, any of those kinds of things. And all that started December seventh, nineteen forty one, with four submarines sitting in Pearl Harbor, manning their fifty caliber machine guns and managing to shoot down four Japanese airplanes. From that Amazing. humble beginning, Amazing like legacy. From that. Simple, humble beginning. The American submarine effort in the Second World War. Off to the running. 
and very, very effective. Alex Hussey was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was playing man in foot patrol and I stopped on the bomb. Lost my legs and left hand in an explosion. And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. There are so many mountains to climb and we do it together. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. Seeing Alex learning how to snow ski, that's life changing. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. Alex did it. He skied down this mountain. That's something he won't forget. With the right support, there are no limits. To see him on that slope and smiling like that, we'll be taking this home. This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Alex Hussey, thank you for your service. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. It is the Subvets. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave, your submarine experts. That's I, We forgot to say that. We are the experts, man. Man, vintage experts, vintage too. Experts. Like that. C3 Poseidon <laughs> text, man. There ain't nothing we don't know. That's we right. We can't figure out, except where the USS Connecticut is. We Didn't we have a comment in the last show that, you know, a little upset that we were... They Wasn't it the same guy who said like that boomer sailors? Right. Wasn't Ugh. it the same guy that said his favorite movie was Grease? Same guy. So yeah, you can you Anyways. can take that for what that's worth, right? Maybe he should just go watch Grease <laughs> and let us be the expert. He's a fast attack sailor. <laughs> I thought there was no slack in fast attack. Wouldn't you fast attack sailors have time to watch movies? Exactly. You're supposed to be, you know, defending the Cold War, defending the world against, you know, the commies and taking it to me like like our our World War II buddies here we were talking about earlier. I'm pretty sure they didn't watch Greece <laughs> or anything like it. There was a lot of musicals back then. Probably used a lot of Greece, but they didn't play. Didn't <laughs> so there's some stories in the news. Guess we should get to this week. Let's get to the news. So, I am uh, fascinated by some of these stories. Yes. Where do you want to start? I so one is kind of just hit me when I read it, is the one about the drugs on the submarine on the Royal Navy boat. So they're the kind of making Navy, a big deal. The Royal Navy has dismissed fifty nine nuclear sub sorry nuclear submarine crews members in the past four years. So let's just round that to 60. 60 divided by four is what? Uh, Less than 20. Half a boat. <laughs> okay, but in four years? That's I mean, quite a bit. That's a that's a lot for four submarines, though. For just four submarines. Is it, is it just the – no, because it's all their submarines. I thought, I thought when I read the article, they were just talking about their four tridents. Maybe I misread it. 
It's believed that some because they were talking about some were on with the, the nuclear weapons. Right. They, it's believed that some of them were on the Vanguard class vessels, but not all of them. Oh, okay. Well, then they've lost three hundred fifty. What's a big deal? Yeah. That's, <laughs> and see what I'm, I'm. That's what I'm thinking is, man. Back in my day, fifty nine people in three year, four years would have been considered mm-hmm. a victory. I mean, that would have been like. Now I was in in the eighties, coming out mm-hmm. of the seventies when drugs were a major problem. And they were still kind of battling that thing. That's why we had a personal reliability program, program right? so that we would stop. You know, it was weird, man, because I was I was very young, I was from a very insular family, religious family from Utah, not Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I never even. It never even crossed my mind to take drugs. In fact. The other day was probably the, I'm thinking about CDB oil for my pain. Right. And I just can't get past the, I don't think I can do that. I don't work for anybody. I'm not in the military. Right. <laughs> but even now, I'm like. Yeah, it still I, kind of bothers you now. Yeah. So the only thing, the only thing that I saw growing up was alcohol, you know. So I grew up with a father that drank beer in the family and all his buddies, but you know, it was different times. I mean, that was back when you drove down the road and you were waving one hand and you had your beer in the other hand, right on the window, the car, you know, and nobody cared. Your gun rack in the back. Your gun rack in the back. Oh yeah. I didn't even talk about that, but I'll be like, Hey dad, you're kind of going side to side. He says, just warming up the tires, son, just warming up the tires. <laughs> I don't know. Just off the top of my head, I'm just counting my time on Michigan. I, I'm sure that we lost in my four years on Michigan. I can count on my hand ten people to drugs. So I'm not yeah. convinced that fifty fifty nine in four yeah. years is really all that big of a deal. But it's the sun. So if you know anything about you know English papers, you know they're going to sensationalize things. And speaking, you know, they're worried about drugs making the crew unfit, but they're not talking about the loads of alcohol that's on board their submarines too that i partake of on a couple tried submarines myself oh what's the difference i mean alcohol you know submarines nuclear weapons 400 feet what could happen nothing i mean they would would be fine they said they (laughs) tested positive for cocaine okay i can see that get those people that's still a thing yes ecstasy that was crack (laughs) ecstasy who the heck's taking ecstasy on a submarine I have no idea. Cannabis, which is no big surprise. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's marijuana. Here's the two that get me, though. Steroids. We got to work out. Got to lift weights. You think that's what they're doing? Do you, th- you think these guys are thinking, oh, I'm going to get buff on patrol and they're taking yeah, steroids? Yeah, that, that's what it is, Dave. Come on, give these guys some credit. They might be in a muscle building competition or something that you're gonna, they're going to participate when they get back. And, of course, benzodiazepine, which, for those of you who don't speak medical, is basically Xanax. Benzapines, I think is. Whatever. So not, not that I know. I might know. So Xanax is a pretty widely subscribed, prescribed and subscribed, I'm sure, medication. Never been on Xanax, but as far as muscle relaxers, I've done the diazepam volume thing. But I had some Demerol the other night. It was pretty good. 
Well, how'd that feel? Amazing. <laughs> I, didn't care, I, the didn't, I didn't care about my back pain anymore, I'll tell you that. I bet you didn't care much about anything. <laughs> Apparently, I had a long conversation with my wife about a future vacation, but I don't remember any of it. So. Oh, so it doesn't count. I guess not. Anyway, so I, okay, most of these I understand. The Xanax I'm not sure about because I'm that's a pretty widely prescribed medication these days. Oh, I didn't know that. But the but... steroids I'm a little weirded out by. That story anyway, fifty nine in four years. Front page news of the sun in Britain. That's to be a reason. Must be. What's the next story you got? The next story up is, of course, you know, the couple that was recently accused of stealing nuclear reactor secrets. They said that they are a little, they were, they were attempting to leave the country because they were upset with Trump. It had nothing to do with anything else. Just they needed to leave because Trump. As I follow this here, what I'm seeing is the the prosecution wants a no bail surrender their whole thing because they're a flight risk. Right. And the way they proved that they were a flight risk is they showed them all these texts about they wanted to go to France because France was, quote unquote, welcoming exiled scientists or some crap like that, scientific mm -hmm. minds. and. They felt persecuted under Donald Trump. Right. That sounds good. It's, it, I, I would understand that. I mean, don't all nukes think they're scientists, right? Well, aren't they? I, I always thought they were. They act like it. Yeah. They get the retention bonus for it. At any rate, <laughs> shut up, nuke. At any rate, the, <laughs> so here's the part I don't get about this story. You ready? Okay. What does I don't like Donald Trump and I feel persecuted and I'm, I'm I'm so mad about the way things are going. I'm so mad about these tax cuts and cheap gas. I'm so mad about that and the mean tweets that I want to go yeah. to France and oh by the way they keep claiming that this has nothing to do with their stealing of nuclear sorry nuclear secrets. Nothing at all. Because scientists, they go, they do science exchange stuff in other countries. They have committees. They get together. So what's the motivation this, for stealing the nuclear engineering stuff? I don't, I, I'm still lost with these people. I don't, I don't understand their motivation for loading this stuff into a peanut butter sandwich. Was it just money? Well, no. It was because of Trump. That's what it says. Well, no, no. It says they wanted to leave the country before they did all this because of Trump. <laughs> and then they decided that, well, I guess we're not going to go to France after all. So we might as well steal some nuclear, sorry, nuclear secrets. That's how they got to it. So that was, so they're like, well, what we were really doing, we were stealing nuclear secrets. Can you imagine the point it takes to, to get, how do you get to the point where you hate a president, a, a person? So much that you're willing to sell out your entire country. And somehow or another, I'm supposed to take it seriously that, well, them wanting to move to France because they hate Trump had nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. Not buying it. 
I'm not buying so, it either, but now I'm hoping. Oh, I shouldn't say something really bad happens, but the I mean, once again, this is kind of like when Johnny Walker happened back in the eighties. It just you know, just when you think you have it all sealed up, you don't, and we're right back at it. So, well, and that's know, the, the thing is, you know, what's coming on what you know, what are we discovering in our reviews of security systems that we should have known but didn't that allowed right. this this to get away with this, right? And and again, all right, there are presidents I don't like. There have been a lot of presidents I don't like. It never crossed my mind that, A, I would I should go to France, or B, I should steal some national security stuff and sell it to the Russians because I didn't like the president. Nope. That, in fact, that's one of the checkboxes on the personal reliability program, isn't it? If you don't like the I'm president, sure. are you going to steal something? Yes or no? <laughs> I checked no because I meant it. Um, okay. <laughs> now these guys deserve everything that's coming to them and then some. What else we got? So the next thing we had, and I had it up here, was, oh, yes, my favorite, the luxury living room of submarines. The rich people. I mean, the uber, uber rich, like the Twitter, no, former Twitter CEO might be doing it because he doesn't have a job now. They they are making these living room type submarines. I mean, it literally looks like a brown theater seat. You know, you have the whole family there in a bubble of glass and you wrap a little submarine contraption around it and you go out and enjoy the ocean and the fishes and find out why they named submarines after fishes. Okay. So would you do this if you assuming money was no object would would you do this would you strap your family into one of these and take her under the water no why that was quick why not unproven system one taking your whole family on something that nobody cuz you know it's just like airplanes and stuff it's got to get used for a while like an airliner people weren't comfortable riding mass transit airplanes until a bunch of other people did it. And now this is the first of the class. Hardly anybody, you know, has ever owned one or used one. No track record. I'm not strap I'm not strapping my family into that, Dave. Sorry. Would you go yourself, not taking your family? Maybe. That's a different story, it- huh? <laughs> Let's see. So you got this it does look kind of cool, but <laughs> they did name it the Triton. And it was launched in Florida in 2007. It has a, um, it holds a record for the deepest manned descent reached. Now, that's, that can't be the right thing. Triton 669 AVA, basically a, a 660 feet of water. That's how deep it can go. The other Triton is, is the Challenger deep. So you can go down to 600 feet in this thing. And, you know, you're back to the, the there's one, I swear to God, I'm looking at a picture. Have you seen the picture? Of right back up. <laughs> there's a picture of one of these with people sitting around a poker table. It looks like the cruise lounge, you know, because everybody's on one side. And I'm assuming it's plexiglass on the other side to keep the to keep the water out of the people tank. But 
but uh, they're playing cards. You know, like poker, there's poker chips on the table and stuff like that. Like there's nothing, like the the whole fact that the whole ocean's trying to get in and get you. It's just and no concept. Uh, well, maybe that's, if you're so rich, you just don't worry about stuff like that. I mean. You, you got to worry about insulated. dying, right? You got to worry about huh? dying if you're. Rich people don't die. That's what they they've been told. I don't know if I would do this or not. Now, true story, in the fifth grade, Mr. Dodge's science class at Dowell Elementary in Denver. You probably know where that is, Dowell Elementary. <laughs> I might. Um, I got in, that's when I first got interested in submarines, because a friend of mine and, and, and I, we started diddling around with the idea of building our own submarine to go on Rotella Lake out at Rotella Park. Uh-huh. And instead of laughing at us and saying, oh, that's ridiculous, Mr. Dodge really took us through how to build and design a submarine. And he really, now that's cool. He really <laughs> made us think about it, you know, and it's like, and, and I don't know that we could have ever made it work. I mean, I know how to weld now, so I probably could build it now, but, but I certainly wouldn't go in it. <laughs> we you know, go in you anything search that for that subject, there's a, there's more than one set of teenagers that are doing just that. They're actually building submarines that nobody's probably supervising. Or maybe they have a crazy science teacher like you had. Let's go build a submarine and put it in the lake. Well, I think Rotella Lake was a maximum of like 10 feet deep, if I remember right. It's been a long time. It was one of those man-made park lakes, you know, that they'd stock with the crappy (laughs) fish. And Anyway, uh, that's when I first really got interested in submarines. Because right. because instead of, like I said, instead of just laughing us out of the room and saying, oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, he really, he made us go to the library and look stuff up. He had us, you know, inventing ballast systems and the whole nine yards. And how are you going to, how are you going to drive this thing up? How are you going to drive this thing down? And and this was before they had found the Hunley, the CSS Hunley, uh-huh. and figured out how they did it. Boy, if we'd have known what they knew about the Hunley, we probably would have done some things differently because the Hunley was, they learned more about that. That thing is so amazing. With, yeah. It had reduction gear, for God's sake. The CSS Hunley, the Civil War submarine, submarine, it was only one of them, had yeah. a reduction gear system. There's a lot of stuff, that, a lot of technology that blows my mind sometimes when you hear about it from the. 1800s. So instead of those guys in there, you know, cranking their butts off, they were just. Gently moving the thing, mm-hmm. and it was working row, great. Row, row, row your boat. Yeah. Fantastic. To anyway. Shit. <laughs> that's what I uh, I started to So I don't know if I would do this with a luxury living room submarine or not. No. But it would be kind of cool. I, got, I do got a question for you. So you know how, like, in high school, JROTC, you know, you participate. You got what you got ranked semen, right? Right out of boot camp. You got E3. Well, you took either E two or E three. They gave you extra rank, so you should have been allowed to skip submarine school with all that experience in high school, right? Well, number one, I didn't go JROTC. There's some reasons for that, but the the basic one was that I didn't want to because they didn't have a JNROTC; they just had the Army. <laughs> but number two, I I, I went as an E three anyway because I went AEF, Advanced Electronics Field. So I was an E3 anyway. They did E3. It was yeah. just E2 for no. when I went in. 
D3 when I went in. D3 oh, from come on. Yeah, the, not so. No, no, no. No, no. yeah. The day. Yeah, yeah, but I know you, when you were an instructor there, damn it, your students were showing up B2s. They had to have been. No, they were showing up as third classes because I was teaching C school. So they'd get oh. out of A school, they'd oh. get promoted to third class. And uh, I stand corrected. You're right. You were the C school instructor. What they, what they yep. call them? Push button thirds? Mm-hmm. No, get your $1,500 bonus. What? You guys got bonuses? <laughs> anyway, yes, we did. Was, yeah, the, the the last day of basic training when we were leaving San Diego, we're all having to sew on our, our E3 stripes. Man, you guys were taking it, man. Had some rank. You, I bet you didn't have to crank or anything. You didn't have to do anything bad. You were probably giving orders at that point, weren't you? Did, could you tell people to do push-ups? <laughs> now that you bring that up, did you mess crank? <laughs> Absolutely, I mess cranked. FTBs don't mess crank. It's a rule. That's not true. Yeah, you I guys mean, are too pretty. It's too not, pretty to mess It's crank. not generally true, but however, present company <laughs> is accepted because I never did mess crank. In fact, uh, when See, the cob that was coming, <laughs> when the cob found out that I had never mess cranked, by the time he found out, I was just about the senior third on board. Uh-huh. Qualified, and I was qualified fire control supervisor, and I was battle station missile supervisor. We had three fire control supervisors. <laughs> a little bit, anyways. Yeah, anyways, pat myself on the back because <laughs> again, I'm an expert. That's right. <laughs> we were just about ready to qualify. We were working on qualifying a fourth fire control supervisor. So the cop was like, "You're going to go crank when this guy, you know, gets qualified." Well. <laughs> We depart on patrol. It was, my, it was patrol 13. and No, it was patrol 11. I don't remember. 9 or 11. Uh, as we're pulling out, somebody got sick, and we had to dump one of our, our soups. So we didn't have enough people for, to fill the watch belt. So I never had to go mess crank. Because you got out of watch. it, huh? I had to stand one. Man, I had to go a second time after I starred because we didn't have enough, uh, the, like, the tech gang. Here's what I remember. We just didn't have, well, I, I, you know, it was getting to the end of the, to the life cycle of the 41 for freedom, obviously at that time. So they probably weren't sending a lot of people out there in the first place. And it just, yeah, we had to share the load. They even made nukes crank, which was never happened. I didn't crank as a, non-qual- as a non-qual. I didn't crank because I qualified a watch station like that. I went out and worked yeah. my butt off, got qualified a watch station. I was supporting the watch bill. Yeah, there were five or six of us weaponeers that were not that were non-quals, and some of them—I'm not pointing any fingers or naming any names—decided uh, that they didn't want to qualify watch stations real quick, so they got to go mess crank. Whilst I roved, man, you were a rover in the missile compartment. As I wasn't a just a rover, man. I was the world's greatest missile compartment roving patrol. Okay. Well, you guys didn't have padlocks to check. I had a hat that said WGMCRP on it. Huh. Because, again, I'm an expert. That's right. I don't like musicals. And at that point <laughs> in my life, I had never actually watched the film Grease. Even as a child, of the, even as a teenager in the 70s, I had never seen it. Well, then you couldn't check that off the movie list we were talking about last podcast, I have seen so. it now because my wife made me see it. Mm-hmm. Is that a oh, hat? So, 
we count that as a hacker. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it definitely, definitely a should be counted as a hacker. Any musical should be a hacker. And if it's your favorite movie, well, God bless you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. <laughs> Not that I know that song, because my mom made me watch that movie over and over and over. Try growing up in Oklahoma, man. Oh, parents from man. the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> God, I've seen no, that I musical to... so many times, it's not even funny. I had Waylon, Willie, Johnny Cash on the one side, and then my mom with her musicals, and oh my gosh, Barry Manilow on the other. So, yeah. I yeah. know that's one of your favorite singers. But... Well, I got in trouble once when I was a pastor. I'm not making this up. This is this has actually happened. So I'd gone to this youth conference that I didn't really want to go to, and I was mm-hmm. just kind of sitting in the back with some other people. My breath kind of got taken away in the second. But anyway. <laughs> I was in the second of the back row. I wasn't in quite the back row, but I was sitting. And we had this other pastor get up and give her testimony. You know how I go? And I she's talking, like testimony. She's yeah. talking about how rock and roll music turned her into a slut. I'm not making this Whoa. up. She, she's talking about she listened to Freebird, the song Freebird, Leonard Skinner. 21 uh-huh. straight times. And this turned her into, into a drug-addled, out-of-control sinner. Dege- degenerate woman. Right. Yeah. And I turned around to one of my friends lady, who was sitting next to me, and I said, just a little too loudly, I said, yeah, Barry Manilow does the same thing to me. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, our boss's boss was sitting right behind me. And he, he 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 knew the lyrics, so I write the songs. I guess <laughs> you're not taking this very seriously, are you, Mister Bellman? No, I'm not. Because believe me, I've heard Freebird, and if you're listening to Freebird 21 straight times, th- there's something else wrong with you, right? And it ain't the devil. <laughs> so I don't know what else to tell you. You Anyways. can uh, you can comment on the show. And you can tell us what you think. We don't care. But you can yell at us and tell us we're unprofessional. What else do we unprofessional and non-fast attacking? Because this is a highly professional produced podcast, as you can tell, in our living rooms right. with studio equipment and they use duct tape and bailing wire. And not grease on in the background because who in God's name would pick that as their favorite patrol flick? <laughs> I'm watching that on the other screen right now, matter of fact. Wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> would not surprise me at all. Send us your hackers. We'd love to hear. Uh, we, we, do, do we have the hacker card yet? I know we were working on it last week. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a shipmate working on that, so we should be getting that pretty soon. Can we, kick, can we kick Justin in the butt and say, hey, this is yeah, two weeks in a row now we've been talking about this. What, what's taking so long here, dude? I know we're paying a big money too. Crazy money. What can you expect from East Coast people, man? Yeah. See, that's that whole land flake plan. That was the excuse you used too. I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. on the East. I'm on the East Coast. It's late. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's late in China too. Yeah. Or early, one way or the other. Anyway, one send way. us your hackers. <laughs> send us your comments. We'd love to hear. And. Uh, 
Don't ever forget about the sacrifice. I mean, 52 boats didn't come back from World War II. The big sacrifice. But those yeah. submarines, they won that war. I mean, they made a day. I know, I know the carriers and the battleships get all the glory. Mm-hmm. Submarines. Uh, I'm thankful I was able to talk to some of those uh, World War II submariners, too, before they died, because that, that's something I hold near and dear to my heart. Those guys, uh, they did it. That's for sure. Boy, do they had some stories to tell. And if you can find yes, some that are still around, and there are some still around, mm-hmm. sit down and buy them a beer and listen to them talk. Because they listen. got stories to tell. Mm-hmm. In the words of Beowulf, he's got a story to tell. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, Dave. About time to wrap wrap up the show. So you can find us on the subbed.com. You can find us podcast later on the subbed.com. And also, if you want like to get more news like we talked about before, you can go to our Facebook group, the subbed. You can simply search that or you can link to it off the subbed.com as well. You can get your daily submarine news, which I post daily. Almost hourly. So, yeah. You can reach me at Eric at the subbed.com. Or you can get me at Dolphin Dave at slipperyfish.com. Either one of those will get to us. And All right. Be glad to hear from you because we are the experts the sub- and the sub vets. <laughs> the sub vets. We'll get that straight one of these days. See you yeah, next Wayne. week, everybody. <laughs>